Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Am I on? Not yet. Is that all right? Good morning. You know, I love your pastor, but I just don't know if I can take that coaching of stopping turkey after Thanksgiving. I, I don't know. I, I love leftovers. <laughs> what you have to do is you have to go to the gym and work it out, and Saturday go to the gym, and then be all pumped up and ready to go on Sunday so you don't, you don't want to fall asleep during communion, right? So if you, if you do eat turkey, just make sure you make provision so you don't fall asleep. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, it is great to be back. Pastor said I've been coming here a lot of years. Started the first time I preached here was August of 1989. Been coming for 34 years. This will be today will be my 18th time preaching here. And so, uh, hallelujah. I love it, love it, love it. And I want to thank uh, our partners, our partners, you have helped us uh, change lives all over the world, our daily television program. We're on two different networks. We're on gospeltruth.tv, which is Andrew Womack's network out of, Col out of um, I say Colorado Springs, but Woodland Park, Colorado. And uh, we're also on Global Television Network out of Detroit, Michigan. And in fact, uh, Dr. Carrick Butler owns that network. He's a brother of Keith Butler, and you probably know Keith. Um, but Dr. Carrick Butler owns the network, and he sent me an email recently and said, Larry, I wanted you to know your daily TV program has reached the following nations. People from these nations have been watching your program. And he, he gave me this list, so this is this will bless all of you. Uh, he said, Albania, Algeria, Australia, Austria, Belgium, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, Czech Republic, Denmark, Ecuador, Egypt, Hungary, India, Indonesia, Iraq, Jamaica, Pakistan, Republic of Korea, Kuwait, Lithuania, Mexico, Morocco, Nambia, Netherlands, Pakistan, Peru, Philippines, Romania, Russian Federation, Saudi Arabia, Slovakia, Spain, Thailand, Turks and Caicos Islands, Ukraine, United Arab Emirates, United States, and Vietnam. <laughs> Glory. He said, that's just the last three months. He said, that's not even from the whole year. But that just blessed me. I wanted to share that with you. And then uh, since some of there's, we, we always have some of our partners at some of the services. So if you're a partner, uh, we started uh, this. You, you have a lot of rewards coming for these people that are being reached all over the world. But also we started, if you remember a um, number of years ago, we started advertising on Google to get people saved. And... Um, so we were believing for 100,000 souls. Last time I was here, I think we were more like at 40 or 50,000 or something had been saved. But uh, we started advertising on Google for people to get saved and believing for 100. Well, we passed the 100,000 mark last year, and we are now over 165-plus thousand people. I, I don't know, that just, that gets my juices going. I mean, I love all the, the fruit that's being produced by all of our ministries and our lives throughout the world, but man, to get, I mean, he that winneth souls is wise. I tell you, I can't, I don't think you can get better fruit laid up in heaven. So if you're a partner, thank you uh, for being a partner of our ministry. We're, we're just continuing to try and change lives all over the world. We brought up our product table, and I don't think the first service bought it out yet, <laughs> although they were buying a lot of stuff back there. We try, tried to bring back more because I sold out of everything last time I was here in 2019. So if you did not get, how many of you got the deck of cards last time I was here? Let me see your hands. Okay, a few more on this service. I, I, noti I noticed there's uh, some new faces that are here that I'm not recognizing. But uh, the deck of cards uh, came about, God told me many years ago, he told me to write a verse of scripture down on a piece of paper and take it to the office and speak it out loud all day long so that my own ears could hear it. He said, do it as much as you can today. And so by the time I'd gone to bed that night, uh, I went to bed probably 70, 80 times that I had spoken that scripture out loud. And in the next morning I got up, he said, do it again. And so I did it 70, 80 times that day. Third morning I got up, he said, do it again. Fourth morning, do it again. I mean, by the fourth morning, I could quote the verse backwards. <laughs> and I thought I knew it, but God was trying to teach me something because just because you memorize verses don't mean you know them. That's what Jesus told the scribes and Pharisees who could quote the first five books of the Bible. They, they had more memorized than I do. But Jesus said, you quote them, but you don't know them. 
So anyway, the fifth day, the Lord told me to take that same verse, sixth day, same verse, seventh day. At the end of seven days, something had happened. It had gone from here, people that, if somebody listens to this recording later on and can't see me, I'm pointing to my head. It had gone from here, memorization, to here, the inward man. Paul called the inward man in Romans. So I I just realized, man, I can keep doing this. And the Lord said, well, do one scripture a week. Now, that didn't do away with daily Bible reading. You can still read through the Bible and hear all those things. But this is, this is what gets you to know the truth. Jesus said, knowing truth is what makes you free. And so I thought, if I do this for a whole year, which I did, then he, he said, you'll have 52 verses of Scripture you can do battle with. You do it for two years, and how many? I see those mathematical minds, 104 verses of Scripture. And uh, here's how I knew it had taken place. What had happened was a few weeks after uh, I had done the first couple of verses, a few weeks later, uh, we went into a test and trial of life, a hardship that all of us go through. And I found myself without thinking, out of my innermost being, I found myself saying, it is written using scripture that I'd spent a whole seven days meditating on and it was coming out of me without me even thinking about it. So I'm telling you, it's so important. So this deck of cards is just like a normal deck, got 52 cards in it. Each one has a verse of scripture on the front each on the back of each card is where I give you what I declare. What do you declare? You've got to get that faith out of your heart into circulation. So what do you speak? What do you confess? What do you declare over that scripture? And so that, that's what that deck of cards is all about. And then our heaven's health food is probably our still number one seller. How many got the heaven's health food? Every, everywhere I go, even when people have bought them before, they'll, they'll tell me, I'm glad you brought more because I gave mine away or I wore it out or whatever. So Heaven's Health Food, I know there's new people here who haven't heard it. All of our scripture recordings, we have seven different subjects so that you can get full of the Word of God on seven different areas. But all of them, none of them I teach or preach on. I just quote scriptures from many translations and music behind my voice just to make it easy to listen to. I'm going to have them at the sound booth. If you guys would go ahead and give them a sample of that real quick. Praise God. This allows you Exodus to suffer the diseases I allowed on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. The New English Bible says, I, the Lord, am your healer. The Sporel translation says, I am Jehovah, your physician. My doctor, the basic English translation says, I am the Lord, your life giver. Young's translation says, for I, Jehovah, am healing you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Knox translation says, I am the Lord, and it is health I bring you. Free of charge. When God. the Goodspeen translation talks about the diseases, it says, for I, the Lord, make Thank you immune Hallelujah. to them. You cut it right there. I love God's word. It'll just fill your immune system so full that it'll ward off all sickness and disease. Hallelujah. So that's available back there. Last time we also sold out the love scriptures. That's back there as well. But I put uh, the love scriptures and that health scripture you just listened to on a USB for those that want to partake of it another way. We have it on a USB. I put love with health just because, well, faith works by love. If you want to get healed, you're going to have to use your faith on, the, on what Jesus did at the cross for you. And so it is USB. Now, if you want don't want USB or CD, you can always go to LarryHutton.org, our website, and download MP3 as well. And then my favorite, when people come to our product table and say, Larry, I just want to buy one of, your, one of the seven scripture recordings, which one should I get? I always tell them in him scriptures. Because this is like two hours and 20 minutes of me quoting who God says you already are, what God says you already have, and what God's already enabled you to do. And so it's powerful. It's my favorite. So if you want to get the in hymn scriptures, that's back there as well. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. All right. Let's, uh, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 18. And if I can have the guys move the pulpit down for me, I'm going to come down. Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 21, a very familiar passage for a lot of people. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the what? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. Um, death and life are in the power. I looked up the Hebrew word for 40 years now. I've been studying the Hebrew of the Old Covenant and the Greek of the New Covenant because they were originally translated. You know, one reason I started doing that years ago, I realized when you and I hear a verse of Scripture in English or really any language that it's translated in, when we hear it, we just hear usually one definition of the Hebrew word that was used. 
But when they heard it back then and wrote it back then, they were hearing so much more than we hear. And so it just started bringing revelation to me. So I looked up this word power. The main definition, it does mean power. It does mean strength. But the main definition of this Hebrew word is hand. Death and life are in the hand of the tongue. Think about that. You're handing yourself things when you speak. And according to this, it says death or life. The New Century Version says what you say can mean life or death. Those who speak with care will be rewarded. The Good News Bible says what you say can preserve life or destroy it, so you must accept the consequences of your words. What you say can preserve life or destroy it kind of sounds like you're handing yourself something, doesn't it? So, you know, how, how many of you like handouts? <laughs> Well, your tongue's been giving you handouts on a regular basis. <laughs> so what exactly are our words handing us? Well, it says death or life. If you look up those two Hebrew words, the word death is an all-inclusive term. It, it means death, deadly, premature death. I mean, it's all really part of the works of darkness. That's what it's talking about, sickness, disease, poverty, anxiety, depression, uh, failure, etc. And then this word life in the Hebrew, it's talking about anything that sustains life or that's lively, maintains life, full of life, active life. Uh, it's just opposite of the works of darkness. So, it, so life would be health, prosperity, peace, joy, success, etc. So, so what I did when I was studying this out years ago, I decided I'm going to replace the word life and death with these different words that are part of the Hebrew definition so that I get more understanding. And this is really how you want to meditate on the Word of God. So I, I put this in. I said sickness and health are in the power of the tongue. Poverty and prosperity are in the power of the tongue. Anxiety and peace are in the power of the tongue. Depression and joy are in the power of the tongue. A bad marriage and a good marriage are in the power of the tongue. Failure and success is in the power. Are y'all getting this? You could take anything from life and put in there and anything from death and put in where it's death and you're getting revelation of what your tongue is handing you on a day-to-day -day basis. So if you don't like the direction your life is headed, you don't like things that have been going on, start handing yourself a new future. In fact, let's turn over to the New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Peter had something to say this by the Holy Ghost. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. I got to fellowship with a bunch of the folk after the first service, just walking around and talking to different folks. And, and, and I realized, man, did we ever have a Holy Ghost service, the first service? Nobody jumped. Nobody shouted. Nobody ran around. Nobody got drunk. I love those kind of services. I had many of them myself. Traveled with the late Kenneth E. Hagin for 20 years closely. So I was closer to him than I was my real dad. Got to spend a lot of personal time with the late Kenneth E. Hagin in his home and taking him places and eat and taking him to the doctor, all kinds of different things. So I love that. Um, um, but, but I found out that um, when I spent time with him that, that he always had... Uh, words of life to say. He always watched his words. He always watched his tongue so that he was always releasing life and not death out of, out of his tongue. So 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, it says, uh, He who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. That's the New King James. He who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. The Weymouth says, if you want to be uh, well satisfied with life and see happy days, then restrain your tongue from evil. The New Living says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, then keep your tongue from speaking evil. The Amplified says, if you want to enjoy life and see good days, then keep your tongue free from evil. The Message says, if you want to embrace life and see it filled, see their, your days filled up with good, here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. So how many of you want to have, using those different translations, how many of you want to have a, a life filled with good things, always good things happening in it, you're always enjoying life, you're always well satisfied, and you're always happy? <laughs> yeah, anybody in their right mind would say, yeah, that's what I want. Then it says you have to control your tongue. 
And in fact, Peter here is actually quoting the psalmist. He's actually taking us the 34 Psalm. In fact, I'm going to have you turn over there. Go, go over to 34 Psalm 34. It's, you're going to see the same thing, but there's a point in me taking you, a reason I'm going to take you there. This, uh, the 34 Psalm, starting in verse 12, is what Peter was quoting. So Psalm 34 and verse number 12, it says, Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. So can you see it's pretty much the same thing Peter was saying. So what I did is I decided since I studied the Hebrew of all the different words that were used here in Psalm, and then I studied all the Greek words that Peter used there in, in 1 Peter, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I didn't know I was being led by the Holy Ghost. You'll see in just a minute that I really was. But I, did, but I just decided I'm going to take all these Greek words I mean, all the Hebrew words from Psalms, since that was written before Peter said it, and then Peter quoting the psalmist, I'm going to take all the Greek words he used, and I'm going to merge them together and then write a paraphrase of what it's literally saying because Peter was literally saying and teaching what the psalmist said. So I took that, and this is what I wrote. This is the paraphrase of the, the Hebrew and the Greek together of what they were literally saying. Who among you wants to experience a dynamic and active life, one with longevity and one that continually has good things happening in it? Then don't let your tongue speak anything contrary to God's word and stop lying or saying anything that would deceive yourself or others. Wow. Let me read that again. And I'm going to read it again because... After I read it again, I'm going to do what the Lord had me do. The Lord, after he brought me here and had me write that paraphrase, then he said this to me. He said, now I want you to write down the opposite of that paraphrase. And boy, did you talk about getting your toes stepped on? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Where you go, ouch, hallelujah. <laughs> Where you know the chastening of the Lord seems grievous at the present, but afterwards yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness if you exercise your faith by doing what he just showed you. So, so I'm going to read this again, the paraphrase. Then I'm going to read the opposite of the paraphrase. The paraphrase of these verses. Who among you wants to experience a dynamic and active life? one with longevity and one that continually has good things happening in it, then don't let your tongue speak anything contrary to God's word and stop saying anything that would deceive yourself or others. Here's the opposite. Who among you wants to experience a destructive and depressing life? One that, can, one that is short-lived and one that continually has bad things happening in it? then just let your tongue speak everything that comes to your mind. And it's okay to tell little white lies, and for that matter, if you want to speak half-truths or little deceptive things to make yourself look better, feel free to do that as well. Ouch. Boy, did this one, the Lord showed me this years ago, it jerked the slack out of my words. Wow. Who among you wants to experience a destructive and depressing life, one that's short-lived, one that continually has bad things happening in it. In other words, crisis to crisis, to cr they live crisis to crisis. Then just let your tongue speak anything that comes to your mind. Yeah, go ahead and just give everybody a piece of your mind. It's okay to tell little white lies, and for that matter, you know, little half-truths, deceptive things to make yourself look better, you know. It's okay to do that. No. No, you're going to release death. You're handing yourself death when you don't speak truth. In fact, if you'll turn over to Psalm 45 with me, David had something to say about this for you and I, so apropos for today. And uh, this is going to set us up for uh, what you're handing you, if you don't like what you are today, what you've had, and you want to have a good future next week, next month, this, this this morning is going to set you up for good days ahead. And then tonight at the 6 o'clock service, I have a word from the Lord that God gave me specifically for you and for the body of Christ. 
And so I'm going to be given that word tonight. I don't want you to miss that. If there's any way you can be here, please be here. If, if you can't, then somehow get a copy of the recording or watch it online or whatever uh, they make available to you. But you don't want to miss tonight's service. You'll actually see, I, after the Lord told me to do this, because every, every church I go to, I don't, I don't pull out some canned sermon. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? I don't, I'll just pull out, well, I think I'll preach this. No, I, I spend time on my face before God. I, I ask God, God, you know the people there at Glenwood. You know what they need more than I do. Show me what I'm supposed to minister this time. And so when I saw what he had me minister this morning and then a different direction tonight, but it's like it goes hand in glove. It's like, whoa, it's like a two-part series, even though it may be a different subject tonight. But watch this, uh, Psalm 45, verse 1. My heart, I'm going to read from the King James. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I've made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You know, a lot of times when we read the King James, if you just read the Elizabethan English or read King James, it really doesn't give you a lot of understanding. You do have to dig a little more sometimes. So let me take the three things that he said in this verse. He said, my heart is indicting a good matter. That's one thing he said. He said, I speak of things which I've made touching the king. That's the second thing he said. And then the third thing, my tongue's a penny ready writer. Let me break those down so you can really understand what he's saying here. In... in um, in the King James, my heart is indicting a good matter, um, or my paraphrase, my heart, my heart is stirred to speak something good. That's literally what the Hebrew says. My heart is stirred to speak something good. You were created by God to speak good. You were never created by God to speak evil, to speak negative, to, to be a pessimist, to, to talk all the problems and uh, woes of life. You were, you were created by your creator to speak good things. So that's what it means. My heart is indicting a good matter. It means your heart is stirred to speak something good. And then the next phrase, I speak of the things which I've made touching the king. Literally, the Hebrew, in my paraphrase of the Hebrew, is my words are made for royalty. Your words are made for royalty. God says, uh, through the Apostle Paul, you are a royal priesthood. When you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness, an unroyal family, and translated into the kingdom of light, you became part of a royal family, more royal than any natural royal family on planet earth today. You're part of a royal family, so, so you were created, your words that come out of your mouth should be made for royalty. It should sound like a king and a priest. Amen. And then when it says, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer, literally the, the, the Hebrew, in my paraphrase of the Hebrew, is my tongue cunningly like a skillful writer will choose what is written on the pages of my life. My tongue cunningly like a skillful writer will choose what is written on the pages of my life of my life next week and next month and next year. Some of those pages need to be rewritten. Some of those pages are blank. And you need to start filling them with truth. You need to start filling them with God's life. Hand yourself good things next week, next month, and next year. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So, so we're seeing life and death is in the power of the tongue. Remember over in Romans chapter 8, there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And then for the law, in verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of what? Life. Everybody say life. Life, life is in the power of the tongue, which tells us then if you use Scripture to interpret Scripture, which is the only way you're going to rightly divide Scripture and make sure you don't put your own private interpretation of Scripture, and that is life is in the power of the tongue. The law of the Spirit of life is in Christ Jesus. So that means the law of the Spirit of life operates by our words. Likewise, the law of sin and death. Everybody say death. 
death is in the power of tongues, so what, uh, the, the law of death is also released by our word. So when we, when we speak what God's word says, it releases life, it releases healing, prosperity, blessed marriage, stable emotions, etc. And when we speak contrary to God's word, then it releases death, it releases sickness, poverty, emotional instability, and so forth. In fact, that's why it's so important to understand the words, because when we looked at what Peter said, um, he who would love life and see many good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit or guile or lies. Our, our words matter, folks. What we say matters. You cannot be flippant with your words. All of us want to have a good life. Things always good things happen in it, enjoying life, well satisfied and happy. That's why I started doing this many, many years ago. Uh, you're looking at one happy camper. <laughs> I, I, I'll have a, I have a, even when loved ones, family members and stuff that we've watched pass away, you, you'll never take my joy and my peace and my happiness from me. Oh, I'll grieve with others, but I won't ever let that grief get in me. Because I'm complete, Colossians 2.10, I'm complete in him. 1 John 4.17, as he is, so am I in this world. I'm sealed with the covenants of promise, Ephesians chapter 1. I'm telling you, I, do, I don't let that stuff getting me. I, and then I control my emotions with the emotions that God gave us, peace and joy. Look, look at the peace and joy that was given to you by the Holy Spirit when you got born again. That's not natural peace nor natural joy. That's Holy Ghost given. That's God's peace and God's joy, just like it's God's self-control. You can control your emotions. You can control your body. Put it under. Bring it under. Make it a slave. Make it mind you. Amen. Because the real you is not the emotions and not the body you're living in. Hallelujah. So this says if we want life, we're going to have to refrain our tongue from evil. In other words, stop, stop speaking evil words. So the question then becomes, then what are evil words? I heard someone say one time when I asked that, they said, well, I quit cussing when I got saved. <laughs> well, that's commendable. I'm glad you stopped using foul language in your conversations. But let's see what the Bible calls evil words so that we can get them out of our repertoire. Let's go over to Numbers chapter 13, a passage of Scripture that a lot of people already have heard many times and know many times, but there's always new people listening. And plus, you and I, you realize that we can let things slip? I had a guy walk up to me that, that had my new little mini book. Last time I was here, we sold out of those too, so I brought about a bunch more of them. But the new mini book called Limitless, and then the subtitle is Life with Jesus. And he walked up to me, and predominantly when I wrote that mini book, we were sending them out to the 165-plus thousand people that were getting born again on Google. That's what I wrote it for. Uh, and so, uh, but then churches all over the country started using it at their altar calls and started using it for their new believers' classes and their evangelistic outreaches. We have evangelists that buy them by the cases and take them out. But this guy walked up to me. He was a graduate of the Bible school your pastor I graduated from, and um, he uh, came up to me, and I knew he'd been in the ministry years. He came up, Brother Larry, I just thank you so much for this little mini book, Limitless. And I thought he was going to tell me he'd been taken out, giving it away or something. He said, man, he said, it jerked the slack out of me. And I looked at him because I'd known him for years, and he walks with God, walks in the Word. He said, it jerked the slack out of him. I said, what? He said, yeah. He said, I realized when I read your little mini book, I'd let some things slip. I needed to be put in remembrance. So we have to realize what Jesus said is so true in Matthew 4. He said, you can't live just by food alone. Your body can, but you can't. You're going to have to live by every word. And if you live by faith, that means that's today you're living, tomorrow you're living, the next day you're living, the next week. That means day to day. That's what it means in Romans chapter 1 when he said we go from faith to faith is every single day you keep walking by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. So here in this, in this chapter of Numbers 13, God had told Moses to send 12 men, one from each of the tribes of Israel, into the land of Canaan. And he said in verse 2, I give you the land. So he told them I gave, he, that he gave them the land before they ever went and searched it. And then they went and searched it. Of course, some of them, a couple of them had a revelation. Okay, God gave it to us. Did you hear what he said? The other uh, 10, they didn't have that revelation, and so they were 
checking out everything in the natural, but it belonged to them before they went and searched it. So anyway, they went and searched it. Let's pick up in verse 27, the story in verse 27. It said, uh, uh, then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified, very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, which were the giants. And in verse 29, they continued to report about all the people who inhabited all the different regions of the land. While they were speaking, Caleb interrupted him in verse 30 and said, Hey, let's go up at once and possess it. We're well able to overcome it. And what Caleb said did not please the others who had gone with him. <laughs> And so immediately they spoke up in verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people. They're stronger than we are. And they went on in verse 32, the land through which we've gone as spies is the land that devours its inhabitants. Kind of wonder why they didn't get devoured then if it's one that devoured while they were there. But anyway, the land through which we've gone is a land that devours the inhabitants. All the people whom we saw in are men of great stature. We saw the descendants of Anak, the giants. We, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. I want you to notice what the ten spies reported. They reported, let's see, they reported how strong the people were, how massive the walls were around the cities. Uh, finally, their own weaknesses and abilities, or inabilities, and, and that their abilities were not sufficient to take the land. In fact, they said, we felt like grasshoppers. So what was it that they reported? They reported the facts. They were reporting reality. What they saw was real, and what they saw and heard was factual. But when I quoted verse 32 just a moment ago, I purposely omitted the very first words of verse 32. Let's go back to verse 32 because as they were talking, the ten spies, I want you to see what God said about their words. Did their tongue speak good words or evil words? Verse 32, and they brought up an evil report. New King James says bad report. So they gave the children of Israel. Remember, they were just 12 of those guys. They had to come back and talk to millions of people. So they gave the children of Israel a report, and God called what they reported evil. Wow. Evil words. But wait a minute. What, what were those ten spies saying about the land? The facts, the reality. But see, to most people, speaking the facts or the realities of life are regarded as truth. You'll even hear people say, well, let me just tell you the truth. And then they'll go ahead and report the facts or report the realities. That's what the ten spies did here. They spoke out what they saw and how it made them feel. They merely spoke the facts and what was real to them. And God called it evil. Why? Because what they said went against what God had already said. God said, I already told you the land is yours. Listen, put yourself in God's shoes. God knew more than what they knew. He knew the obstacles they were going to face when they got in the land. He knew the giants were bigger. And, and from a natural, factual, reality standpoint, that the children of Israel that were, that were there going to go into land, that the people dwelling in the land were bigger and stronger than they were. But God also knew that facts and realities are subject to change. God never told them, go search the land and come back and tell me if you're strong enough to take it. Go search the land and come back and tell me if you got the brains to take it. <laughs> if you can outthink them. Here, here's the truth we need to understand. Anytime that God speaks something to us, he wants us to receive it as truth even though it looks impossible. And when we do that, that is when there is grace or an enablement, an empowerment to do supernatural things that we're incapable of doing by ourselves. The mere fact that God had said, I give you the land, meant that they were now empowered to go possess the land. Nobody, no one or nothing could stop them. Or else God was a liar. But if God said it, 
then all they had to do was say the same thing, which is what Caleb did. He said the same thing. That's why he got to go and possess the land. So when they spoke the natural facts and the realities of the situation, they were speaking contrary to what God had already spoken, and God said their words were evil. Verse 32, they brought back an evil report saying, what did they say? They said, the giants are huge. They're, they're stronger than we are. The cities are walled and scalable. We look like grasshoppers to them, and we feel like grasshoppers. What were they speaking? Words, what they saw and what they heard and what, what it made them feel like. They spoke reality and facts, but God said they were speaking evil. Death and life are in the power of what? He who loves life and see good days, let him refrain his what from evil? That means this, the, the facts and realities of life, meaning your problems, your situations, your tests, your trials, those things that don't agree with what God's word says, then for you to agree with them, what you see, what you feel, what you hear, and then speak them out as truth that will cause you to not love your life and not see good things happen in it. Shows us that facts and realities cannot be what establishes truth in our lives. John 17, 17, Jesus said, thy word is truth. That means if something is real and factual in this realm, it can either be true or false. True or a lie. Because if it's not truth, then it's a lie, even though it's real and factual. That's why we have to judge everything by truth. That's why we have those deck of cards. That's why we have seven different subjects on Scripture. See, I don't get anything out of the sales for the last 40 years. I haven't gotten anything from the sales of all our products. I could. A lot of preachers do that, and there's nothing wrong with it. Our government allows it. If I wanted to do that, I could. I just decided, Liz and I decided years ago, we're going to put it all back in the ministry, get the Word of God out around the world. So when I announce products, I'm not announcing it for me. I'm announcing it to help people live as overcomers, as more than conquerors, walking by faith, not by sight. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. But you've got to get full of the Word of God. So any word that you speak that does not agree with God's Word is considered a bad word or an evil report. In fact, this word here in verse uh, 32 uh, they brought back an evil report. Those two words aren't two words in the Hebrew. There's just one Hebrew word. It's the Hebrew word debah. And the Hebrew word means slander. They brought up slander. Whew. The word slander, here's the definition of slander. It's the action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. Slander is the action or crime of making a false spoken statement. Think about that. People think they're speaking truth when they're speaking reality and facts, and here it is false and damaging to the reputation. So my question to you, did it matter to God what these ten spies said? Let's go to the next verse and just see... Uh, what it affected as far as their future. Did it hand them life or death? Because life and death is in the power of the words you say. So let's keep reading in verse 1 of, of chapter 14. All the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. The whole congregation said, we wish God would have just let us die in that Egypt. Well, at least that's past tense, so that can't happen. <laughs> so even though they spoke negative, I mean, they're not back in Egypt. They've already left Egypt. So at least what they said wasn't going to bring them death, right? So that, that's good. But the problem is if they, they didn't shut their mouth, they kept, kept talking. And then they said, or we just wish God would have let us die in the wilderness. Uh-oh. That's, that's where you're at now. I wouldn't be saying that. And so verse 26, skip down to verse 26. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation? If you'll study the Hebrews, he's not calling the people evil. He's calling, it's kind of like, it's calling, kind of like when Jesus said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He wasn't calling Peter Satan. 
He was saying, right now, you are yielding to the wrong kingdom and the wrong master, his thoughts. That's what you're yielding to, and you're speaking what he wants you to say. The Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Say to them, verse 28, As truly as I live, says the Lord, as you've spoken in my ears, so will I do. God can't lie. He had to let happen what he's already declared. If you speak death, you're going to get death. I have to allow that is what it's virtually saying. And then in verse 36, skip down to verse 36. And the men which Moses sent to search the land who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. Wow. All of those that said, we just wish God let us die in the wilderness. God said, okay. You're not a puppet. I can't make you believe me. I can't make you do what I tell you. So you get to choose. Deuteronomy 30, 19, I, I, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, but you have to make the choice. Wow. I want to go back to what Caleb said in verse number 30. Caleb said, let us go up at once and take possession of it. We're well able to overcome it. Caleb and Joshua spoke the power of life, and it took them into the promised land. Wow. If you want to love your life, see it filled with good, then don't say things that are contrary to God's word. Now let's go and get a good New Testament example of this. Go to Luke chapter 1 with me. Luke chapter 1. In verse 5 of Luke 1, it says, uh, In the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias the na- uh, of the division of Abja, his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. So this is Zacharias and Elizabeth that gave birth to John the baptizer. Skip to verse number 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell on him. The angel said, don't be afraid, Zacharias, your prayer's heard, and your wife Elizabeth's going to bear a son. You're going to call his name John, and you'll have joy and gladness, and many are going to rejoice at his birth. So you would have thought John or Zacharias would have been thrilled because he just said your prayer's heard. That means Zacharias and Elizabeth had been praying for a son. Even though they were past their childbearing years, they had prayed for a son. Now, they may have quit praying by now, but they had prayed, and all of a sudden the angel comes before them and says, your, prayer, your, your request has been granted. You're going to have a son. You would think that would thrill them. But let's look at Zacharias' response in verse 18. Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. In other words, how do I know you're telling me the truth? Don't you know I'm old and so is my wife? <laughs> so my question to you is this. After seeing what Zacharias said, does it sound like he was believing what God said? No, in fact, the message translation, Zechariah said to the angel, do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife's an old woman. <laughs> now, you know, it's, it's one thing to have unbelief come to your thoughts, but it's another dimension entirely when you hook your tongue up with your thoughts. Remember, your tongue's going to hand you your future. So after Zechariah said, let's look at what the angel said in uh, uh, the next two verses. Let's look at what the angel said. Verse 19, the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God, was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. I don't think Gabriel mealy-mouthed here. You know what I mean by mealy-mouthed? I don't think he said, hi, I'm Gabriel. God, God told me to tell you these things. I don't think it was like that at all because Zacharias just got done speaking unbelief. I think it was more like, I am Gabriel, and God just sent me to tell you these things, and they're supposed to make you glad, dude. (laughs) He says, behold, verse 20, you will be mute. That means not able to speak. You're mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. He was mute for over nine months. Couldn't speak for over nine months. Because, now look what he said, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. You are being made a mute, unable to talk, because your words would have stopped God's plans from happening. 
Don't tell me your words and your mouth are not powerful. God says right here, he said, if I don't shut your mouth, Zacharias, it's going to stop God's plan, and I've got to have it fulfilled, so I'm going to have to zip your lip. Wow. So give me a few extra minutes this service because I want, I want to go to one more thing. I, I asked God when God was teaching me all this years ago, I said, so God, what about our, our words that we speak flippantly? You know, um, phrases that we really don't mean, such as, my feet are killing me. I've never seen anybody drop over dead yet when they said that. That tickles me to death. I've never seen anybody die when they were tickled. <laughs> well, I just think I'm going crazy. Now, I wouldn't say that. You're a child of God. You have the mind of Christ. Don't you be talking death. What about this one? You know, when they get, they get frustrated with their husband or wife or somebody and they say, he or she drives me up the wall. Oh, are you Spider-Man? <laughs> what about this one? I just feel like I'm on pins and needles. Well, that's got to be uncomfortable. What about this one? Well, I'm afraid so. God says, do not fear. Why are you, why are you getting in fear? What, what about this one? You know what? That just blows my mind. Yeah, that one's gross. We won't even go there. So what, what about this one, though? If I've told you once, I've told you a million times. No, you only told me 33 times. <laughs> so I asked the Lord about all of these these idioms, these exaggerations, these figures of speech. And, and we'll even say, oh, I'm just kidding. I didn't really mean it. We'll say those things. Does that release something in our life that affects death or life? So go over to James with me, James chapter 1. I'm going to show you what the Lord showed me, and then we'll go back over to Proverbs and close this morning. James chapter 1, you guys are familiar with verse 22, but be doers of the word, not hearers only. Well, there you go. You guys are hearing a bunch of things about your tongue today, so are you going to go from this place and do what you're listening, or are you going to do it? Because if you are, if you don't, this says, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. You're going to be a self-deceived person if you hear about speaking truth, but you don't go do it. Brother Larry, that's hard. Well, actually... It's not because it brings life. Life is a lot less harder than death. In fact, life is life. It's not hard at all. Death is really hard. Destruction, sickness, disease, poverty, lack, fear, anxiety attacks, all those, those are part of death. That's a hard. The way, God says, the way of the sinner is hard. Jesus said, when you're yoked up to me, it's easy. So then he, then he likens a hearer of the word but not a doer like someone that looks in the mirror forgets what they look like. Like, for example, a woman that looks in the mirror and, and you know, puts her makeup and all this stuff on and then she walks away. A few minutes later, she oh, did I put lipstick on? She has to go back and look in the mirror because she forgot. That's what it's talking about, looking, looking in the word of God and like a mirror, but then you walk away and forget what it looks like because you don't continue in it. But then in verse 25, he who looks into that mirror, God's word, the perfect law of liberty mirror, and continues looking, he will not be a forgetful hearer, not be a self-deceived person, but he will be a doer of the work, working out the word of God, working out his salvation, and this one will be blessed in everything he does. But what I didn't realize, this wasn't written in chapter and verse years ago when the Lord taught me this. The next verse says, if anyone among you, He's still talking about the same thing, being a hearer and a doer of the word. If any among you think he's religious and does not bridle his what? Oh, here we are, life and death are in the power of the... Oh, if you want to see good life and have many happy days, refrain your... Uh-huh. If anyone who thinks he's religious but does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. The Bible in basic English says... If a man seems to have religion and has no control of his tongue but lets himself be tricked to what is false, this man's religion is of no value. 
Contemporary English version says, if you think you're being religious but can't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and everything you do is useless. The Amplified actually says, you delude yourself. You delude your heart, actually, it says the Amplified. Delude. Wait a minute. What about Romans chapter 9? If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believes. The heart can't believe if it's deceived. Your faith is not going to work. We heard that even in the offering this morning. Your faith is not going to work if at one point you're speaking words of life and then on the other hand, well, you gave fresh water there, now it's time to give some salt water out of the same spring. God said that, that can't be. A deluded heart is not a doer of the word. He's showing you right in the context. You're, you've heard the word, but now you're not going out and doing it because you, you, I can't say the word because that's not what's really happening. I can't tell a lie. No, what you're telling a lie is every time you speak what it feels like and what it looks like that's contrary to the word. That's when you're telling a lie. And your day's not going to get filled up with good. You can't lean to your own understanding. Proverbs, we've never been redeemed from wisdom, have we? Trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? Trusting is a heart that's in faith. It's not a deluded heart. It's one that's being a doer of the word. That man will be blessed in everything he does. So let's go back to Proverbs and close. I realize, wow, so when we are speaking exaggerations and just figures of speech that we don't even mean it's affecting our faith because your spirit man alive unto God the real you on the inside is saying no don't don't, don't say that don't don't because you don't really mean it if you and if you say that then then the heart's gonna say well wait a minute when you spoke this well you, I know that's truth but but then you said this you know you, by his stripe I am healed and then you said but man I'm sick as a dog I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do and and you keep speaking both sides out of both sides of the mouth and the heart's going which one do I believe which one do I hook up with and your faith's deluded. Your heart's deluded. Your faith doesn't work. And people wonder why it's not working. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18, 21. The Message Bible says this. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. So your words will poison your body, making it sick, and bring it the, or bring it the fruit of health. Your words will poison your finances or, and bring poverty or bring you the fruit of prosperity. Your words will poison your mind with anxiety or bring it the fruit of peace. Your words will poison your emotions with depression or bring it the fruit of joy. Your words will poison your marriage and make it bad or bring it the fruit that will bless it and make it heavenly. Your words will poison your endeavors with failure or bring you the fruit of success. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. God doesn't choose for you. You have to choose. How do you choose? With this instrument called the tongue. Wow. That's why when I was talking to people after the first service and they were saying, oh man, that, that jerked the slack out of me and that, boy, that's going to change the way I do this and this and this. I thought, man, we had a Holy Ghost service. We had a Holy Ghost service this service. I said, and things, said things that I didn't say first. I said some things I've never said before. Having a Holy Ghost service. A Holy Ghost service is when, when the Spirit of God changes people's lives forever. And they can look back a year later and say, man, I tell you, that, that, that rocked me, but I tell you, it got my attention. And it changed me. That's, that's what we want, right? I mean, John the Apostle said in 3 John, he said, I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking 
in truth. He didn't say, I have no greater joy than to hear my children have heard the truth. No, hearing truth is not what makes you free. It's walking in it, being a doer of it makes you free. That's what blesses Liz and I more than anything is to hear praise reports of people that have taken what we preach and I, I, I'm, just the, I'm just the hose. You, you don't praise the hose, you just drink the water. <laughs> and so, so I'm the hose. You know, people, like, one thing that kept me humble for years, Pastor Mark, that's helped me for years when I was just a little baby Christian and the first time that Brother Hagan ever, back in the mid-80s, first time Brother Hagan ever had asked me to be a guest speaker at one of his meetings and, and I spoke and, and it just like, oh, I can't do that. My God, all those famous people are going to be on the front row, you know. <laughs> I, I can't do that. But then God spoke to me and he said, I spoke through a donkey. I thought, okay, if God can speak through an ass, he can speak through me, bless God. I'm going to let him speak. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so it just kept me humble. If people come up and say, Larry, that's the best message I've ever heard. I've never heard it preached like that, man. You're, you're the cat's meow. I don't care what they say. I don't let it. I just water off a duck's back. I'm just a, a yielded vessel. Glory to God. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I don't know why God chose me. I'm a little country bumpkin out of Odessa, Florida. Raised with alligators and snakes and skunks. <laughs> but, but I love preaching his word and telling people the truth. And I live what I preach. And I preach what I live. And that makes all the difference. That's why I'm happy all the time, full of peace, full of joy. When sickness and disease tries to attack my body, I'm probably going to get a little chance at, at dinner. I got attacked with cancer two years ago. I haven't even shared that. I got attacked with cancer and a tumor grow on my body got pretty big, but, but I, I, I didn't go to the doctors. Well, I did go to the doctor. I went to Dr. Jesus, but so I went to the only doctor that doesn't practice medicine. So I, I went to my doctor and he said, Larry, you know, I bore that for you. I said, yes, doc. He said, you know, I uh, already put that on myself when I was on the cross. I said, yes, Jesus. And, and he said, uh, you know, uh, I sent my word and healed you, don't you? He, I said, yes, doc, I know that. I said, uh, he said, uh, you know that I am your great physician, right? And I never change. And I said, yes, doc, I know that. I said, doc, what's this going to cost me? He said, I've already paid for it all. It's going to cost you nothing. And I watched that tumor and that cancer dissolve and dissipate and wither and die and leave. With no natural medication, no doctors, and I'm not against either one. I've, I've given a lot of uh, doctor advice and sent people to hospitals, everything else to keep people alive until I get the word in them. But I didn't take a drop of medicine. I didn't go to the doctor, and God healed me of that cancer. I've got pictures to prove it. But I'm testifying that God's word works. But you've got to get it in your mouth. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray, Lord, if there's anybody that is here that's not a brother or sister, in other words, they've never accepted Jesus, Lord, let them know today they can put, become part of the family of God. I pray that not one person within the sound of my voice would reject Jesus and die, but every single one would accept him and make the kingdom of God their eternal home, become part of the family of God for eternity. Father, I'm praying that for your honor and your glory. Now, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, Christians in an attitude of prayer, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, we would love to have you part of our family, and it's a wonderful family. You can be healthy and wealthy and wise and full of God's peace and full of his joy by living in his family. And so if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus, but you want to, he won't make you. You have to choose. You have to choose life. But if you want to receive him and you've never done that, lift your hand up high enough that I can see it. Once I see it, I'll acknowledge it. You can put it right back down. But if you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and you've never asked him, uh, lift your hand up today. Is there anyone in the building? I'm looking slowly across the congregation. If there's a hand that goes up, we'll pray for you today. You're simply lifting your hand saying, I've never accepted Jesus. I want to receive him today. Is there anybody? All right, everybody lift up your head, open your eyes, look at me. It looks like we're all family here. If you are a child of God, that means you have accepted Jesus and you're not ashamed of him, hold your hand up real high. I'm born again, I'm saved, I've accepted Jesus, I'm going to heaven when I die, hallelujah. All right, that looks like we're all family. And family members, I hope all of you are filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with the Spirit, you're not able to pray. If you're not able to pray in a heavenly prayer tongue, 
You can only pray what you know, and that ain't much. <laughs> you need to be able to pray mysteries and divine mysteries and secrets. That's why the devil hates people that speak in tongues, and he tries to talk them out of it. So if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost and you want to be, make sure you let us know before you leave today. We'll make sure you get filled with the Holy Spirit, and you can be just as radical as... Here's the deal. People told me speaking in tongues is of the devil, and I thought, I finally figured out, I served the devil for years, and he never gave me tongues. I never went to all those bars and nightclubs and heard one of them speak in tongues. So that, that blew that theology away real quick. But anyway, the same God that filled me uh, gave me utterance uh, with the Holy Ghost, and now I'm like the Apostle Paul. I thank my God I speak in tongues more than y'all. So if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, let us know. Let, let the, an usher know. Let, a, let your pastors know. Let the sound people, anybody here get you filled with the Holy Ghost. Just let somebody know, and they'll make sure we get you filled with the Holy Ghost before you leave. After pastor dismisses, I'll be back at the product table uh, to help you if you have any uh, questions. But don't miss tonight. I want you to hear the word from the Lord. It's going to set you up for the things that are coming down the pipe. And there's things coming you need to, it's going gonna, it's gonna to just really, really help you. And there's stuff you need to be ready for. So don't miss the message from heaven tonight because it's a message for you and the body of Christ. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, partners, thank you for partnering with If you're not a partner and you'd love to be, there's partner cars back on the product table. We'd love to uh, have souls being accredited to your account as well. So we love you guys. We look forward to 6 o'clock. Give your pastor a hand as he comes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Larry. Praise the Lord. We're going to prepare to receive an offering for Larry. As he said, you know, uh, a number of people who are affected around the world, all the nations of the world, uh, um, just through the Google uh, thing that they put out for invitation, over 165,000 people giving their life to the Lord. So you're not just giving to an individual, you're giving to a message that goes out. The Bible says that if we've been taught the word, we communicate with the teacher in all good things. So as often as we have an opportunity to do good, we do good, especially to those of the household of faith. So there's different ways you can look at that. But again, uh, if, if the message is going out to many, many people, thousands and thousands of people, we receive an offering. It doesn't just go to that person, but it propagates the message that goes to many, many people in the household of faith. And so we do good even to them as often as we have an opportunity. So we have had an opportunity to receive. Now we get an opportunity uh, to give. So if you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're giving by cash or debit or credit card, raise your hand. The ushers will get you an envelope. If you're giving by text, uh, the number is up there. And so, uh, praise the Lord. It'll be a great blessing uh, to all the people who go out. You know, just make this comment while you're getting ready to give. So important, uh, you know, even as we entered into uh, 2023, this time last year when we began to pray, there was an emphasis on getting time in the Word, getting a daily Bible study, getting something uh, to get that Word in you more and more. And this just expounds and really brings a greater knowledge to that because in 2 Corinthians uh, 10 tells us that, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty to God in pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, if thoughts and imaginations come and you don't know whether they're contrary to God or not, the devil can easily lie to you. Uh, but when you know what the Word of God is, you can throw out those, those thoughts. So just so impactful, that, that definition, you know, if you want death and depression and that kind of life, just speak whatever comes to mind. Anybody have anything come to mind, right? We live our life with stuff coming to mind. But if we don't know whether what just came to mind is in the obedience of Christ or not, we'll just say whatever comes to mind, not knowing what we're speaking. Yet what we're speaking, just because you don't know what you're speaking, what you're speaking is still producing death or life. So we know the word. So we recognize those thoughts. We cast down and don't speak those that are contrary. We speak the Word of God, which brings life, health, peace, longevity. And that battle will always be there. He said it's a, it's a weapon. It's a spiritual warfare that goes on in our thought life. And so once again, just to realize that our thoughts, our heart, our tongue are all connected. We think, well, it doesn't matter. This isn't connected with that. It's all connected. And it's connected to the outcome of life or death in, in that greater totality. So just encourage you, once again, just take this, be doers of this word. But if you're like, you know, I don't know, I say a lot of things, and 
Well, we just get, then we get the word in us. Continue to meditate the word so we know that truth. So those cards back there will be awesome to get that going, right? To just get that memorized, get that, and again, pass memorization down in your heart. So that when the enemy comes, immediately what comes out, just like with Jesus, right? The enemy attacked him, and then he, you know, the enemy started using the word, but Jesus discerned the word and turned the tables on him. Devil thinking, well, I'll use the word. You use the word, I'll use the word. But Jesus rightly discerned the word. It wasn't just head memory. It was heart knowledge of the word. Amen? And Jesus used his words against the strategy of the enemy. So what we heard today is vitally important uh, as we walk out of here, not to forget, but to get better at, more proficient at, which will give us life, victory, peace, and all that goes with that. Amen? Praise the Lord. Are we ready? Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have uh, as we've come together to receive from your word. As Brother Larry brought it, planted it, that it would drop right down into our hearts. We'd protect that. We'd guard that. We'd cultivate that. Because the deposit of that word you said, cultivated, guarded, would bring forth 30, 60, and 100 fold. So it goes on and on in our life if we'll watch after it. We've received that. So we thank you. You said if we receive the word, then we communicate with the teacher. And so now we have an opportunity to reciprocate of the good things that we've received from the natural substance that you've put into our life. And so as we take advantage of this opportunity, we declare the blessing of the word of God upon each and every one. As they sow, you said that you would give more seed to a sower. You'd also give bread for food. So I thank you that there's seed coming their way. There's bread for food. I thank you, you supply every need according to your riches and glory through Jesus Christ. I thank you as they've given, you give it back to them. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Will others give into their life? We declare these things on the basis of the truth of your word. We declare it over each and every one as they give today. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. encourage you to come back tonight. Bring somebody with you tonight. Uh, I believe God has some things to say to us. And uh, as God brings things to say to us, you know, he, he says, I brought this to you. To whom much is given, much is required. And so he wants us to receive. Some people say, well, if I'm not here, it won't be required. Well, he said, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So it's not good to go, well, I'll, I'll have something required. Well, if you don't hear what's there available that God's giving you for victory, then you also can perish for a lack of knowledge. So God's bringing a word to us. We want to take advantage of that, get that down in our hearts so we can walk in the blessing and the victory of it. Amen. Why don't you stand up with me? Say as we go, what God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. We'll see you at 6 o'clock tonight.